So let's jump right into show number one for Sunday, June 12th, 2016. And thank you, Daryl, for being part of show number one. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to be on uh, show number ones. Where do you work? In the car? Where do you are? Tuned in, signals clear. Coming through, geocache talk. Geocache Talk Podcast is sponsored by FTF Magazine. FTF Magazine can be found at ftfgeocacher.com and by IB Geocaching Supplies. The best site for geocoins, cache containers, and much more can be found at ibgeocaching.com and by Cashly. Cashly is the foremost geocaching app and can be found at cashly.com. Please make sure and let these fine sponsors know that you appreciate their support of the show. Well, hey, everyone. It's time for a special geocache talk evening. Whether you're at work, in the car, wherever you are, we hope you enjoy the show. Please give it a like and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. You get all the weekly geocache talk goodness. Big thanks to the Travel Bugs for the new music that we have and our patrons. And I do want to mention at the top of the show, of my little monologue here that uh, since our one year anniversary, our first two patrons for show one are still with us. And our two, our two patrons we had for that show was Doug Jones, Limax. Thank you, Doug so much for being there. And Joshua Slinkard, my son uh, was other, our other first show patrons, but we love all of our patrons. As the show went on, we added the following Caleb Slinkard, Tom Brotherman, Electric Waterboy, Jeff Arbaugh, Zanteus, Deborah Burris, Doc Firewoman, Joshua the Geocaching Vlogger, Nick Hubbard, Andrew Tiebkin, Cecilia Perez, Sydney Sawyer, Valena Mahar. She's in the chat room, by the way, too, tonight. So thanks, Valena, for being there. Butterfly Girl. Jane Jewell, Dan O'Pugach, Memphis Mafia, Craig Michelle, the Geogear Heads, Zach Fick, the Deadliest Cashers, Tim Terrell, I think I'm saying it correctly now. He joked, he gave me a hard time about me saying his last name. Neil Moore, Molly the Geocaching Dog, D and David Vickery, Geocaching Adam, and our new patrons, Lori Post, Peter Stepanek, and the NoCo Geocachers. If you'd like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash geocache talk for more details. Patrons get path tags coins and other geocaching swag during the year as well as invites to special events only for patrons support levels start at as little as three dollars a month well, let me start by welcoming my co-hosts sydney sawyer good evening everyone and jesse lunsford from good evening from telluride colorado telluride yeah i was, I was gonna let you do that part but uh that worked out perfect uh, we'll get more from Jesse on why he's in Telluride in a little bit, but let's jump right into show 52. And if you think about that week 52, that would mean it's a one year anniversary. And this is the show 52 for Sunday, June 4th. 
as we talk about one year on the air with our guest, our our friend and show number one guest, Daryl W. Four. Welcome back to Geocache Talk. Hey, good to be back. And you know, last time it was just you and I. It was. It was just the two of us. Uh, <laughs> And then there's a, a question that's going to come up in the, uh, later on to for some one of our six giveaways. We're having six giveaways tonight. It's so awesome. Um, but um, we're going to hopefully people listen to show one as prep for show 52. But uh, don't go. Don't go listen to it now, because the question is uh, and going to be an audio question. But it also is a question that you can answer during this week up until um what should we cut it off for let's cut it off at um let's go friday let's go saturday midnight because that way i'll have uh we'll have it ready for uh sunday's show but the question will be coming up in a little bit and you can listen to show one again and there will be a question for that but um we'll talk about daryl's been on uh, since then but show one um was very interesting um, and we're going to, we're going to start now into the, into the, um, our different thoughts of show one. Um, so Daryl, let me start with you. Cause you were, uh, when I first contacted you about being on show one, um, what were your thoughts? <laughs> well, I, it's kind of hard to say what my thoughts were at that point. Cause it was like, okay. He's starting out. This is the first time he's producing his own show, but at least he has some experience in podcasting. Right. Yeah, but the rule was always record your first three shows. Don't release the feed. Right. Until after that third show. And you're sure that you know what you're doing and that you've got the uh, content up there to uh, make everyone uh, happy. Right. Because a lot of people do go out and check like your first couple of episodes. But right. again, because you had that uh, audience, you know, kind of like uh, I had with uh, uh, Geo Gearheads, I knew uh, you know Chris and I had been doing it for so long mm-hmm. that it was just a natural roll into the brand new show. So you right. had kind of the same thing going. Uh, but you know, it was a new show. I wasn't sure what to expect. Yeah, me, me too. Well, like you said, I, I had, had no feedback yet. <laughs> right. Well, and I'd, I'd had almost a year with uh, with Michael on Cash and Release, and um, big thanks to Michael for, for having me on and um, had a great time with Cash and Release. But, you know, this kind of came about, and it was like it, 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 you know, it worked out. And like you said, there was such a um, – a hill to climb to get to that point. Cause if people don't realize on a, to do a podcast, not only are you recording it and not only are we doing, um, video cause you know, I wanted to do the show very similar to my favorite, my favorite ones. Although I, I, we all, you know, I think we all love podcaster, but I really liked the format of having both the video and the audio and Daryl, you were, <laughs> Part of the reason why I really picked you was it's like you were like a you're like a security blanket for me, Daryl. Because <laughs> I knew of uh, live shows. <laughs> well, that it, yeah, I mean, uh, I knew that if anybody could help me get through getting the first podcast just up on the you know the audio up and and you know so people can listen to it and the Google parts and all that was you so. Um, you know, it's 
it, it is, it's a little tough to get through that initial phase. And like I mentioned, you know, it's like, there's a lot of little, there's a lot of moving parts to this, um, that unless you've done one or kind of understand the engineering part of it, um, there's, you know, it's, it's, it can be daunting. So Daryl, I really appreciate your expertise on helping me get that going. Well, I do enjoy helping, uh, uh, podcasters get going. Unfortunately, I think you're the only one that I've helped who's still going. Oh, oh no, it's bad sign. <laughs> Almost everyone else shuts down. <laughs> Right. You know, it's like I, I always tell people, you know, I don't want to discourage you because it is a lot of fun. It's really worth doing it. But remember, it is going to take a lot of work to get into a podcast. And you know, a lot of it is kind of like, you know, geocaching. How do you keep motivated? Right. That's always a big question for podcasters as well. Well, and so, yeah. Um, so, Sydney, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn to you because um, the story kind of turns towards you as far as the original um the original show and um what were your what were your thoughts on um show well maybe not necessarily show one but just the this new show coming out right so i remember i was actually on show two you were so that was interesting i remember you was kind of all really crazy at that point like a year ago and I was like kind of sad that cash and release was gone and then you had messaged me and said hey I'm gonna start my own show do you want to be on it and I was like awesome great yeah so I was excited that uh you know I was gonna have another podcast to still listen to Mm -hmm. yeah um and uh we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh podcasts that 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 disappear for whatever reasons that that, you know um but um yeah what's fascinating about that is that i actually interviewed um deborah that same week and i kept that show kind of like daryl talked about doing uh i recorded that show it wasn't live but i recorded it because um we were going to be on this time last year we were um uh, starting to um, plan for and get ready for um, a few weeks later was was uh, Geo Woodstock 14er. And so um, I needed to kind of get another one ready. And so, yeah, what's interesting is you remember what we talked about? The, well, I'm sure you do, but I, I love the topic we did, uh, Sydney, on the first show, on the second show of the, of the podcast. Right. Yeah, that was fun, especially because I, you know, we were just kind of making our way towards mm-hmm. Woodstock in the next week or two. And so I kind of got to talk about that. Yeah, it was exciting. Yeah, it's the biggest using, trip I've ever done. Yeah. It, using Project GC, it's just kind of a neat. And like you said, just the, the planning that you went through because you had a long I mean, that's a long trip. Right. Yeah. And we didn't even do everything that I, I wanted to, of course. Mm-mm. What we've got, uh, we got more Project GC uh, talk coming up, and but but you're like uh, we could do show after show of Project GCs, but um, and then um, it was a little while before Jesse was on, but Jesse, do you remember mm-hmm. you were on show 18? I didn't remember the number, but I remember how it happened. Okay, we had, we had actually met in person at Geo Woodstock that you just mentioned, right? And of course, you know, 
and I listened to all the podcasts and always have and started from the very beginning listening to it. And I think in the show 18 where you called me and said, hey, something fell through and we may need you on real quick. Oh, Isn't that how it started? Yeah, that's that was. I'm sorry, you're right. That's show eleven. Oh, yes. show eleven. Okay, yeah, yeah. You were on show eleven. It was like a 11. short notice type thing. Yeah, yeah. And what's funny about that is, that, yeah, um, some guy, Chris. I don't know um, somebody that Daryl. I think <laughs> knows. Guy. Yeah, that guy. Um, he was. I guess he forgot there was other podcasts out there other than his and. Uh, gearheads but no i'm kidding chris chris got we'll, waylaid we'll and, it up to time lo- uh, time zones <laughs> right there you go anyway so yeah he i was in panic mode and so i called i called jesse I'm like jesse i need you man we're we're uh we're in real trouble right now because i've got nobody i mean i could do the show by myself but that wouldn't have been very fun but uh yeah so i had you on and we just talked about whatever <laughs> yeah i think uh I think you go, hey, like, what are you doing in about an hour or so? <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, no, you remember you told me, he's like, well, I'm going to watch the show. I'm like, I got another idea. Instead of watching the show, <laughs> yeah, let's be right. on the show. So, but then, but then Chris got on. And so it perfect. It was mm-hmm. what happened was perfectly, uh, it, it gave rise to the perfect name for the show, which was Good Cop, Bad Cop. Because, yeah, that's Chris right. Is, Chris is the bad cop at the time, and you have you're a former cop, so you were the good cop. So it worked out it, that worked out great. Um, yeah, that was funny. That was an impromptu. We didn't plan any of that stuff, so that it worked out pretty well. Yeah, no, nope. I had a little bit of show notes for for me and Chris, but I kind of threw those out the window. And we just kind of kept going, but uh, um, you know, we've had. Um, we have had several memorable, I think they've been memorable and I'll want you guys to comment on them and you know, bring up any others that you want. If you want to go look at the, uh, the old show notes, but, um, you know, having, having Chris Ronan on, you know, uh, rock chalk from geocaching.com. I had him on show seven. That's gotta be the quickest ever on a podcast to have somebody of that stature, <laughs> on a on a podcast now granted he i had gotten him on cash release so you know it was a little different for that well but. i think that it was shortly after he was uh, promoted to uh, uh the pr manager position too yeah so at that point he was uh more available i think than he has been since <laughs> yeah well but he, he still loves being on shows though he does he does and um the fascinating thing about that, I there's another one that ended up being pre-recorded, and I don't like. I try to avoid pre-recorded, especially since we love our live, uh, you know, viewers on the show uh, a lot. We really appreciate everybody in the chat room and all that. But that one was fascinating because he had just gotten back from doing Project Ape in Brazil, and if anybody hasn't listened to that show and you want to listen to, I think a fascinating show, not because of me, but because uh, just listening to Chris talk about the experience and that's you know that's something i think that um really geocaching podcast i think i wish more people would listen to to the gearheads or caching the northwest or geocaching podcast or podcaster or whatever whatever show it happens to be snippets um there's a lot of great stories you know and so that one i think was fascinating so uh, that definitely was. He he's such a uh, interesting 
personality to begin with, mm-hmm. but his travels just it's it, it, not just the uh, ape cash, mm-hmm. but in general, he's you know he he met Magnus over at uh, Project GC uh, about a month, two months maybe ago, mm-hmm. and then like two weeks later, we were supposed to go to Power Island, uh, which is up in you know like the northern Lower Peninsula. Uh, mm-hmm. I ended up getting sick and couldn't go, but you know, he's like over there and like two weeks later, he's over here right. and he's, he's like, he's all over the place. I'd love to be able to travel like that, but uh, we, we've been doing the road caching shows on geo gearheads since the early days. Right. Originally it was more to get the, uh, uh, you know, what works, what doesn't work as you're going on road trips and kind of get a good feel for what to do. But it turned into more of the stories of the caching along the way. And we try to still get some of that, you know, tips and tricks in there. But it's just so fascinating listening to the stories from the uh, cachers and talking about their travels. So I, th- I think you had Subway Mark on at one point to talk about uh, uh, the uh, uh, cruise caching too, didn't you? We no, we had on um, we'd had on the uh, the land sharks. Um, oh, that's who it was. Yes, yeah, to talk about cruise, you know, doing uh, cruising and, and caching a little bit because uh, they just got back. They uh, and that's the one that uh, the Alaska could, one. Yeah, Lama could yeah. go on that one too. But um, so yeah, you know, and um, so Jesse, you'd mentioned. I'll, I'll go back to you for a moment about you know the stories you get to hear listening to podcasts, what are some of your thoughts on? Listening? Uh, well, so I listen to podcasts. I listen to all the podcasts. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure all of us do, but, um, and I have long before I was on this show, I've listened to every single one of them and, and really kind of why you do it. It's not for breaking news or anything like that. Cause you can get all that. It is for those interesting stories. I haven't been to the, the ape cash yet. Uh, Sydney's supposed to be planning that for us. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, not that the one in Washington is back. We might as well just go there, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, no. Also, we yes, still want to go. Also, okay. Mm-hmm. But and we've done some things. We've done some caching on a cruise, and we've done some some caching other places. But I love to hear people's stories because it inspires you. That's that's the fun part. It's not just you know the the day to day stuff. It's the really inspiring stuff. Whether you'd ever be able to do it or not, I may never be able to go to Antarctica or Russia or anything like that. When we hear people tell about those stories, that that's what sparks that interest in, in geocaching all over again every single time. So, obviously, the ape cache is probably one of the, the biggest highlights. Um, the you know the Brazil one, but uh, I, I love hearing the stories, and I think I think that's why people tune into podcasts. You know, it's and covering events that mm-hmm. you don't necessarily get to go to, right? Um, so yeah, that's that's probably our biggest reason for tuning in to all the other shows and, and being involved with this show is to hear all those stories. Mm-hmm. So Sydney, what are, uh, what are, what were your thoughts on the, the rock chalk show? Right. Yeah. I, I, I know we talked a little bit about, or we were planning on talking about memorable, memorable shows. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite, I think it's, it's hard to pick because you, we always have, I think good topics and guests. Mm-hmm. Um, but my favorite I think was the rock chalk show just because I've always really wanted to go to the ape cash and just hearing about it. I was just like, Oh man, that sounds amazing. Like now I, I really have to go. And it's, it's really not that expensive. He says, and all this, and I was like, Oh, okay, well that's good. You know, I'll just, I really think the, 
in all honesty, I think the hardest part about it, the most expensive thing is just your flight down there. It's like mm-hmm. seriously so expensive to fly there. But once you get there, it's it's manageable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then there's the other problem of once you get there, you know, it's not that much further to go to Antarctica. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Sure. Might as well grab a cache in another continent. I mean, right. Exactly. Uh, you got to. You you're you're to most that. of the way there. So you, you better take advantage of it. Right. <laughs> That's that just one more cash, you know. Just one thing more to get continent. To <laughs> right, exactly. The trip I was actually looking at was um a woman that organizes it for geocachers. So they go to Brazil and they go to the Ape Cache, but then they also go to two other countries. What is it? I forget what they are. I forget the names, but there's like some <laughs> huge waterfall that borders like the three countries, so you can kind of just slip into the other two. For like oh, wow. fifty bucks each or whatever to go across the border, and then you get three countries in your trip. Right. I for, I forget what the countries are. I, I'm terrible at geography. It's okay. Somebody will email us. And yeah, us somebody know. in the chat. Somebody no. in the chat will take care of it. Yeah, chat's right on top. Chat she's terrible right with geography, so that's why she's a geocacher. Right. <laughs> well, I know like Daryl general locations, but not like specifics. <laughs> And I've never well, been to it, South America, so that's not helpful. It's amazing. We're all about the uh, location technology, yet we all get lost so easily. <laughs> right. Hey, we were we're on a trip today, and I won't talk about it now, but we uh, broke down, stopped at a gas station, and picked up a paper map to help <laughs> us out. So mm-hmm. we have, like, phones and everything else, and we picked up a big fold-out paper map for the trip. So Right. It's amazing yeah. how many people don't know how to deal with a paper map anymore. And you know, I took a look at the paper map as I'm cleaning out the uh, old car to turn it in, and I'm like, you know, I know how these work, I know <laughs> where I am, and I'm still having a hard time finding myself. <laughs> where, where's well, my no blue, blue dot, dot on there? If you don't have the blue dot, it's hard to keep up. Where the heck's the exactly? And the lag time is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't update for anything. It's lag time? No. What? And what's so funny about that is and I was in Colorado uh, of all places and we, and Susan and I did the exact same thing. We bought a paper map cause we couldn't get GPS. We couldn't get any signal other than my phone. I could, I mean, yeah, I, on my Garmin, or, uh, you could get the, uh, uh, data. No. Well, yeah, I, I got, I could get, signal. Yeah, the, I, I couldn't get any data. Right. So yeah, you had the GPS, but you had no map data. So, right. <laughs> see, see everyone make sure to cache those maps, cache right. the maps before right. you go anywhere. That's a whole other. That's for a whole other show, right there. Or else we'll just have a blank screen with a bunch of dots on it. And... Right. Hmm. I have gone caching like that though, where <laughs> you know, remember the early days of uh, uh, smartphone caching, you couldn't download the maps at all. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't even an option in part because you know you're dealing with a phone that has like eight gigs at most, so yeah. you know you don't want to take up the precious data. Right. But. Yeah, I, I remember going out several times where it's like, okay, I have no idea what's between me and this dot. Right. I know I have to go toward that dot. <laughs> I gotta go to that dot. It's, it's like the stories we've all heard about people using their car GPS to to cash, and the best they could do is get their car on because it's you know like a car icon on top of where the cash is, and that's as close as you're gonna get. The rest of it, you just gotta hunt. You gotta just hunt physical because that's the best you're gonna get. But at least there you'd have the roads. Right. That's true. So you know how to get there. <laughs> yeah, you know, it might not know where to get to the cash, but at least you had, you know, okay, the parking lot's over here. Right. Right. That's close enough. 
That's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, some other kind of memorable shows that I'm gonna have you guys comment on. Um, uh, you know, I've had on, and I I try to you know do a, a, a mix, and that's something I, I've that we've all three are very committed to is we've got we have you know men women you know uh, older folks older not old but just older younger you know uh, we had Gia Cash and Katie on she's uh, you know she's a fairly young lady and um, Sarah's fairly young and you know so we, we've had we've had some differing people on which I think's really been good because geocaching is really um, you know we there's you know people are all sorts of age you know there's no it seems like we at least I've met people of all ages and uh, all backgrounds uh, you know caching and so I think that we've been able to do pretty well as far as reflecting that uh, during the shows but um, having on uh, show 13, I had on WV Tim, you know, that's, um, you don't have to write that show. You just have on Tim and just yeah. let him, let him talk. Yeah. He'll talk for sure. He won't, you know, he won't stop either. <laughs> try to keep him on tracks a little tough, but, uh, we talked Arduino breadboards and a new geo trail and that was a lot of fun, but yeah, that's a, he is like a low flying jet, man. He just come where do you, you don't see him coming all of a sudden there he is and there he goes. And entertaining for a long time. You can watch his videos. I've seen several of his videos repeatedly. Mhm. Me too. And they're just they're funny to I mean they're informative but they're funny to watch too, so. Yeah, he's uh, something. I remember when we went to his event he was just ta- telling like he was he was supposed to be giving a short speech before the event started and he talked for like probably 20 minutes. About right. whatever. <laughs> that's short. It was, it's all relative, of course, but you know, yeah, it's short. That's right. It was hilarious. And uh, you know, uh, you guys have had him on too, Daryl. Uh, and it's just he—he's. I think even to this day, I mean, this has been going on for a while. But even to this day, I would say that Tim is. Although everybody does some gadget caches. I mean, we've all, I can put out a type of gadget cache or some, but I mean, the guy is still a trailblazer, uh, in, in that kind of field of geocaches. Well, especially here in the U S uh, there's some really amazing, uh, gadget style caches that I've seen and heard about in, uh, like Germany, especially. And he's started working with the uh, guys over there too. So, you know, it, it's great getting that information exchange, and the way that I first encountered uh, WV Tim was through uh, a Dayspring, right? Mm-hmm. Who who does so, some out in Seattle? He's like in Seattle, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, he's Pacific Northwest. I don't yeah. think Seattle, but he Maybe not pilot, Seattle, but, so mm-hmm. around. And the uh, two of them, you know, would meet up and exchange ideas, and they'd go over uh, concepts and have totally different build styles, right? Yeah, you know, they're nothing alike. So it's a great combination you know here's what works for me here's what doesn't okay let's take these ideas and adapt them into more things and that's one of the great things about the discussions that we have on like the shows with these uh, creators is it's not try to copy this here's Mm -hmm. what i did and why that's your inspiration to try something yourself exactly 
very true. So uh, go ahead. Do you say something, Jesse? Well, I think if you're, you know, you're talking about people associated with uh, gadget caches, and if you're here in America anyway, if you're talking about somebody, and if you just ask people in, you know, geocaches in general, who do you associate with gadget caches? And trying to share those ideas, WB Tim has got to be the name that comes out most often. He is very, like you mentioned, he is he's very open about here's how you can do this, mm-hmm. build on this, build the game better. He's not trying to keep it a secret or anything, or you're not trying to get any glory out of it. He's absolutely sharing all the ideas he comes up with, with the idea of making it better, the whole game better. So, well, and yeah, he was the uh, inspiration largely for the Maker uh, series, you know, the Maker mm-hmm. events. Right. So, you know, there you go. He's the one who's really been pushing for those creative containers. Uh, now we're seeing more of it, but you know, three, four years ago, it was very rare. And the guy that uh, I first really got a clue of how cool you could do stuff, uh, I can't remember his name now, uh, but the, he, he built the uh, Raven out in like Arizona. Oh. I'm, I'm sure that's wrong. No. Uh, Probably uh, like Nevada, but you know. <laughs> There's a guy in Arizona that he goes by the Raven, but he is uh, it the Raven? Yeah, maybe maybe I have the maybe I'm confusing the name his caching yeah. name with the uh, yeah that's uh, his cache. caching that's his caching name. Yeah. but he built a it, um, he built one of those giant uh, boards where you have to it's a tilt board with a with a with a the labyrinth. Uh, yeah, the labyrinth with yeah. a it's got like a um, pinball inside and you have to move it around and make sure it gets in the right hole to, to get to the next level and all that. And right. As you go around, you have to get it just right to get the, to get the cash to come out. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, he had some other uh, really amazing ones and I tried getting him on the uh, show uh, mm-hmm. and he's like, Oh, hold on. You know, wait until I get this next cash out. It's really <laughs> awesome. It's going to, he's uh, you know, posting photos and stuff on uh, Facebook and sending me the links. And this is a room. Yeah, it's going to be a cache, and because what? it's so big, it had yes. to go through, uh, you know, the hurdles of building codes. Are you no. serious? Yeah, which oh of course <laughs> they didn't find out until after they started working on it. So i I think they had to tear it apart and rebuild it at least once, and I don't think they ever got to place it because of all of the red tape, mm. but. I, I've emailed him a couple of times since then and just haven't gotten a reply. Mm-hmm. I still want to get him back on the show just to hear the story about that cash. He is, um, he's in the book that we're going to talk about, uh, I think next week or week after. I can't remember now. I'll talk my head. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a week after this. So yeah. Yeah. Week after. Uh, it's uh, a 15. Oh, on your show. Yeah. 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 We're going to, we got, I'm going to talk about this on, uh, your show as well. Um, yeah, Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got the you've got uh, the book on next week too. So yeah, we're going to be kind of dual talking about. But you know, your your audience is a little different than ours. Uh, yeah, you know, partially. Well, we're going to be talking about building the book. You know, getting those uh, yes lists together. Yeah, those that's that's not going to be a, that's going to be a fun one. But uh, you know, that's something else about podcast we'll get into that in a moment uh just the, the interaction between all the shows has been is wonderful but uh one last thing before we kind of get into other topics um that i want to mention about um different shows we've had on so many great people like we can't go through every one of them tonight we don't have time but um the various shows we've had on around 
the movie Treasure behind me, back here, have to me been really fascinating. Getting to know Chris Williamson and getting to be able to interview. So far, we've interviewed two of the actors uh, that are in the movie, and just being involved with with Chris getting the mo- the the movie Treasure where it's at. Um, I think has been, um, you know, a wonderful, a, a wonderful experience. Um, so I want you guys think Jesse, you got to meet him too when we were at MoGo. Yeah. The, uh, that's been one of the coolest experiences because it's so different. So we were down in Texas first mm-hmm. and got to show it at the, at the drive-in and he was on the phone talking to people through it. We had kind of rigged it up and had the phone next to the microphone going over the speaker system and, Everybody's really engaged. And then Emoga, he was there and, and got to personally engage with the audience. And it's been pretty neat. And you were involved with it before, you know, we came on board. But mm-hmm. getting to see people see the movie for the first time and they're really excited seeing a you know, an actual quality geocaching movie. And then the director comes out and answers questions. And um that's been a really cool process seeing all that from kind of behind the scenes. We kind of knew what was going on ahead of time and getting to see people, you know, unveil that to people. That's been, that's been a really neat process. Yeah. It's been a, it really has been a lot of fun being involved in, in all that. So, um, very cool stuff. Well, let's, we're going to switch gears a little, uh, and we're going to um, talk a little bit. Do you like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just going to leave that one. Yeah, no, we can't leave that alone. Switch gears. Quit, yeah. Uh, with Daryl and we're going to talk about speaking of gears and heads gear heads we're going to talk about geocaching podcasts a little bit we're going to, and then we got some other topics and we got giveaways to give away too tonight so we want to get to that here in a little bit but um, Daryl you've been on a few shows so tell us a little bit about shows you well don't get into you know we don't have time for a lot but tell us a little bit about the shows you've been on Cause you've been on several now and I've been on a whole bunch of different uh, <laughs> podcasts. Uh, there was a time at which I could probably say I was on every English speaking geocaching podcast. Wow. Cause you helped with OB, right? A little bit. Did you help? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. He got started because of the episode of geo gearheads that we had, uh, uh, Rob Walsh, mm-hmm. who's one of the guys from Libsyn and, early, early podcaster, he did the uh, podcast 411 series, which is how a lot of podcasters got started is listening to the stories from other podcasters. So he, he listened to that show, got excited and rolled out his own show and uh, helped him out quite a bit along the way with uh, improving some of the issues that he had uh, mm-hmm. going with that one. And I think I was only on the show once or twice, but uh, did some regular spots for him on that one. I spent uh, uh, oh about four or five months, I think, trying to do at least one gadget review for Podcaster a month. Yeah, so that's interesting because that's the just, gadget review guy thing. Yeah, there's yeah because they're they're kind of strictly audio. They've done a little bit of video, and we've had them on. But oh yeah, well so at I, that point, uh, so were we. <laughs> And yeah. We weren't doing any uh, videos, right. but it, that was before YouTube was a big thing too. Mm-hmm. YouTube uh, uh, was just really starting out. And at that point you didn't really see much on YouTube worth anything. Uh, so uh, Ice and Rye 
did his uh, video zine, which was essentially video zine. a video podcast. Right. Because he posts the episodes as uh, uh, video files that you'd have to download and you'd pick the right one. And I did uh, a lot of work with him for a long time uh, before he actually just disappeared. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting because, um, you know, it's something we always try to remember and always, you know, because we're doing a video, you know, but still to this day, the majority of our audience, which is fine, you know, because just the way the way the this is sort of the nature of podcasts, the majority of our audience is going to is going to listen to the show. And what's interesting, and I'll ask the I'll ask all three of y'all um, when I. Other than caching in the Northwest, and I'll tell you that's a little weird for me because it's at a, it's late at night on a Thursday night, and a lot of times I'll watch the show just because I'm up and it's a time when I can listen, you know, I can watch it. Other than that one, even your show, Daryl, I I find that I consume it and all the other podcasts that I would that I would that I enjoy on on audio. And that's just kind of the way that I enjoy, and sometimes that's just the best way I can. Been, you know, if I if I can listen to them at work, uh, you know, uh, and that's kind of the way I do it. So I don't know, Sydney, how do y'all? How do you normally? Yeah, I do. Um, I don't. I used to watch a lot of the live, um, but I really just have been so busy, and uh, I enjoy going to bed. Right. more so than staying up to watch the live podcast no offense um but i i have a half an hour commute to work mm-hmm. uh so i i find myself listening to a lot of all the audio on my drive as well yeah now that you're doing it yeah with your new job so yeah so jesse what what are your thoughts so other than uh andy and amy uh geo snippets that's the only one i ever really watched live because mm-hmm. we knew a lot of the people or we knew almost everybody that was in the chat room for a long time. And that kind of ebbs and flows, you know, but um, so we would watch that one live and it was Thursday night originally before uh, cash in the Northwest. I believe that's right. Um, so we'd watch that one live cause it just happened to fit into our schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, but the funny thing is, and it's I listen to a lot of podcasts and I listen to podcasts that are not about geocaching too, just about sure. other stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, the great thing about having an app, uh, an iPhone is that you can speed them up. <laughs> so true. I listen to them on three X. So it's, it's hard for me. X. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The people's voices are like, <laughs> <laughs> and I listen to audiobooks the same way. And I listen to a lot of audiobooks, like mm-hmm. sometimes multiple a week, you know, but I listen to all of them on three X. So when I watch a live show, I'm like, Get to the point. You're talking so slow. Get to the point. Oh, my gosh, yes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, would y'all just come on? So I have to listen to most of them on audio because I, I like it faster. I just like it. I like it to get going. And, you know, I, I speed up through the songs and stuff. And right. I don't know. And then so I, and when I watch a live show, I'm always like, he doesn't normally sound like that. What's what's wrong with this guy tonight? So, so what, does but, Darryl, what does Daryl sound like on 3X? Normal to me, but <laughs> but but now it sounds so, like he's on drugs. Sometimes I don't know why. Why are you live like that? Speaking so slowly. What's wrong with my computer here? So, but, so, no, Darryl, so I'm definitely an audio guy. Right. I, I love audio. So Daryl, um, comment on that if you would, and also just in general, because <laughs> uh, really the question I think is good is really 
is really great for you to, to answer, which is what do you think the stay of podcasts in general are, but also comment on uh, you, the way you consume podcasts right now. Well, first off, Jesse, you know, I got scolded several times for talking too fast on my first show. <laughs> Michigan Cycling Podcast. I, it was a pre-recorded show. I would uh, write out the script. And I was reading it like word for word. And I had a, a producer who was helping me out, one of my buddies. And we'd go back and re-record it. And the whole point was, you know, it's for uh, cyclists who are on their bikes. You know, you want to have it, you know, rapid pace. Yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of pushback against that. So. That's funny. We we had to slow that one down. Oh my! Uh, but podcasting in general is doing really really well. We're seeing more and more companies getting into uh, the podcast space. More interest in it. It's not waning. And what I find most interesting about that is we've seen a lot of uh, stuff come and go. Like the big thing lately had been Periscope and the live streaming thing. You know, Meerkat tried it again. You know, it's not new. But they were trying it again. And they were the first of this wave. They came out. Periscope kind of killed them. Then uh, Facebook came out. And apparently the Facebook Live has killed the live streaming. And the numbers are just gone. You know, there's still some of it out there. But I had heard some uh, numbers uh, about three or four months ago that the live streaming uh, numbers in total had dropped like 65%. Wow. Because it's like so many other things. Because... Facebook comes in and just kills that medium. Right. right. So no one's doing it anymore. But I think what's happened is now we've got Twitch and YouTube getting into the live streaming from the phones. And they're the ones who everyone knows does this stuff. Mm -hmm. and that's where the audiences already were. So I think a lot of it is uh, shifted there. But for like geocaching, you know, it's kind of fun to see those uh, fine hunts, but it gets really old really fast. So what are you going to do with a live stream? Okay. What do you mean by fine hunts? Well, the guys going out like, uh, uh, Oh, like we're doing you know, Scott Burks. Oh, 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 okay. Gotcha. You know, he'll go out and hunt for a cash on video. I've done a few of those myself with Periscope. Sure. Right. And it's a lot of fun to experience. Cause again, it's that whole thing of you're there, right? But it's only good for that instant. When you're watching the replay, it's not the same because it's not, you know, the same thing. It's, right. you know, Okay, well, this is already there. You know, I can find out what happened from someone else. I can fast forward, you know, who cares? But when you do something live, there's uh, uh, an interest in it that you don't have normally because you don't know what's going to happen. No, neither does the host. Yeah, and that's... You can't fast forward to the end. Right, and you know, that's something that that we, we, we do with, with, uh, with Zach on the shows. We'll have him on. Uh, well, he'll be on next week, too, because we're having him on different times, but... Um, that whole idea of having him at a cash, you know, like you said, it's, it's fresh, it's new. It's not necessarily something that podcasts normally do. Uh, yeah, it is. There's a lot of unknowns. Uh, we try to take, we try to remove some of the unknowns, but you know, <clears throat> that's something that I, I think has a place, but like you said, it, we only do it for a few minutes and I think mm -hmm. that makes it something that's that we're not gonna do an entire hour of listening to him geocache i mean go out right. and geocache it's yourself. a segment on the show yeah yeah but we have a lot of the uh, youtube videos there's tons of people trying to do the youtube regular shows hundreds, hundreds yeah and them. they don't yeah. 
they don't get the same kind of uh, audience in part because there are so many people doing that on YouTube. You know, our shows just fall into the same category on YouTube. It's, you know, hey, there's hundreds of other shows out there. You know, why should I go and uh, watch this? And how am I even going to find this one if you don't already know it? So there's that uh, thing with podcasts that it is more work, a little bit more challenging. So you don't get as many people doing it as you do with some of the other things like, you know, Facebook groups. Uh, Certainly there's way too many of them out there to try to figure out what's going on. And uh, YouTube videos are the same way. There's just so many of them out there. Mm-hmm. only a few people are going to be visible you know like the geocaching vlogger right. everyone knows that guy sure yeah. <laughs> you know and that's um and and i'm wondering too since we're talking about vlogging a little bit what your guys thoughts are uh about you know, we got joshua we've got various people that we all kind of like to watch or 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 you know on the consume their vlog you know do we um, do we see that changing at all, or do you think that? Because there's tons of them. I mean, I found one randomly one day. Um, some lady in Arizona doing you know a vlog. It wasn't very good. Sorry, I'm not going to mention who this is, but she wasn't very good. But she had like three thousand followers, you know, three thousand subscribers on on YouTube. I'm thinking, how did she get to three thousand? I mean. What is she doing? I mean, hopefully it's legal, but you know, I, I was watching going, so I actually watched one. I'm going, all right, 3000. So the, her geocaching must be incredible or she must be really good at, you know, keeping people's attention for this whole thing or whatever. But well, she's probably connecting with her audience. Well, and that's one of the big tricks for anyone in any media is how do you connect with the audience? Mm-hmm. And for us, a lot of that is with the live shows. More than that is probably with our patrons, but the the live shows allow us to connect in a way that you can't generally connect with a recorded show. But on YouTube especially, the big thing is connecting with that audience. And that's one of the reasons why Joshua has uh, gathered such the following is he was really good at connecting with his audience from the get-go. Right. And Joshua's built up an audience too, but and a lot of them, a lot of people have seen Joshua in person at an event or somewhere else. And they find out like I'd, I'd seen watch Joshua's videos a long time before I'm ever met him in person at, at Woodstock. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, Oh, you know, you almost don't want to meet somebody in person that you watch a lot of the videos. Cause you're like, how is this guy really going to be? And then you meet him and he's actually that genuinely <laughs> funny, nice guy. And it's, it's awesome. So it's, I mean, but he shows up at a lot of, he's, He's met so many people. I mean, you know, and people recognize him and he's, he is probably the biggest face or mm-hmm. surely the biggest face in geocaching. Um, but you know, that's, and people watch the YouTube and people are searching out geocaching videos. His definitely come up the most. And he, he does a great job of, of connecting with people and, and, and actually genuine with stuff. And he is such a great ambassador for geocaching. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so, um, so I'm going to ask all three of you guys and, and lady. Um, by the way, guys, is it guys kind of a general generic term now for anybody? Could be. I could care less. I know. I know you. I know. I know you would, Sydney. So um, I'm used to it. I work with a bunch of guys. Bunch of work, guys. So. But 
Anyway. I work with a lot of males at work. Right. So uh, I'm used to it. Hey, guys, come on. And Sydney. No, I'm kidding. Whatever. <laughs> I was going to make a mailroom joke, but, you know. <laughs> right. Wow. So we're going to go to the next topic, which is um, back to geocaching, uh, just in geocaching in general. Where where are we where are we going what's what do we feel like is going to be um geocaching where, where do we see geocaching.com going in the near future and then maybe even a little further out so whoever wants to start sydney you want to take that one first sure or? sure i can um <laughs> i think let me see how do i want to say this i think there needs to be something new in geocaching I know a lot of other geolocation games. I'm not going to say what. We'll get to those in a minute. We'll talk to it eventually. But they have new stuff coming out frequently. Or they have like special events where you get special stuff. Or you get, you know, they, they, or they give you back something to put into the game. Like by playing and stuff like that. Um, So I think geocaching needs something new and exciting. Like, I don't know, maybe a new cache type or maybe some sort of uh, way to collaborate and win something mm-hmm. back. Um, so that, I don't know, that's just a couple ideas. But I think they still have a, a really big following, and there's always going to be the people that have been there uh, for years. But then there's always going to be the people that come and, you know, try it for a couple months and then leave. That's always something that's going to happen. And I think right now they're trying to cater to those people to try and get them to stay. I'm not sure if it's working or not, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see, I guess. Yep. Um, Jesse, do you want to go next? <laughs> We're gonna just and I'll be nice. We'll, we'll stay, with, around the, this. We'll stay with a clean rating, you know, on this. But <laughs> um, yeah, we've we've been in geocaching for almost six years. Right. So it'll be six years in summer sometime. There's been nothing new. Nothing new has come out since... I guess Giga, but that's not even an American thing. So nothing new has come out since we've been in the game. And, you know, I love geocaching. It's it's our hobby. We travel all over the place. You know, we we travel on this this weekend. We're doing geocaching. I'm just like Sydney. I'm tattooed up. So it's a permanent part of me forever. That's right. And I, you know. You're in. I, I love the game. But I, I, I do agree with her. I think there has to be something. There has to be something new or has to be a direction. It seems like recently they have gone with um catering to just trying to bring people in and you know they hit the two million and the three million was kind of a weird mixed thing with caches and um you know it's it's either needs to be you know the in my opinion the the outdoorsy rugged you know geocaching something different than all the other games right or advance and compete with the other games we can't kind of have it both ways um, I do like the stuff that they're kind of doing now with the the website and trying to update some things. That's good. Although I hope that translates into, you know, catching up with some other things that need to be updated where I goes, you know, something like that. Maybe um, there's some things that are a little outdated. That we could really step up a new cash type would be awesome. Yeah. That would excite everybody. You know, um, it, they did a good thing with, bringing the ape cash back out because it's at least something to get people excited for a little well, while, but you really can't count yeah. that as something new. No. So and it's, and it's not even out. It's like, we, it'll eventually be out, but yeah, but, but, but at least it's something, it's, it it's something for news and stuff like that. And, you know, I, 
there are other games out there, which is the thing. And so geocaching needs to, you know, either find its place or bring out something new or just mm-hmm. go hardcore and go, yeah, this is our old traditional stuff. And this is what we do. Yep. I think finding that identity somewhere in there would be, would be good. I mean, I'm going to play no matter what, if, if Groundspeak or geocaching.com shut down tomorrow, I'd still find a way to go hunt for treasures in the woods. I'd still find a way to do it, you know, but I would like to see them do something, something new, I guess. Right. And so Daryl, just let you know, uh, a couple weeks ago, we had a show. It's been a few weeks now, I guess, where we suggested they could come out with history cash, which is like earth cash, but we would have um, some sort of governing body over history caches. So, what are your thoughts on maybe a new cache type, or what do you think about um, where geocaching in general needs to go? Well, what I want and what I think are going to happen are two totally dis- uh, different <laughs> things. But yeah, I, I was That's listening true. to that history cache show and going, I, I, I came up with these ideas. We were talking about them on the geocaching podcast repeatedly, hoping right. that at that point Eric would pass this information back and you know nothing ever came up. But the biggest problem that we had with the history caches is Aside from like UNESCO, there is no one agency right. overseeing history, and history is a relative thing. Sure. Here in the U.S., history is very, very short. Yeah, you get into like the Middle East, and they're like, "What? That's that's not old." Yeah, <laughs> you know. So you get uh, all kinds of things, and I, you know, the the other problem that I had when I was looking at that is, what about like the art? Because that was those are the two categories that I really miss from the oh, right. uh, um, virtuals is taking us to some of these really great pieces of art that you otherwise would not necessarily know were there. Yep, and taking you to the uh, historical locations. So I think you'd really need to do something with uh, an artist group of some type. Yeah, to get the uh, art in there as well, and I'd love to see both of those happen. And I want to think that's where the lab caches were originally headed. No, I agree. There's a good way to do that. Yeah, because uh, museums you could maybe do because there's probably all the muse- all the major museums in the in the U.S. or even all, all around the world. You probably could work something out, but again, like you said, they're kind of all individual. But you know, that's the thing about lab caches. I mean, where you know, what happened to lab caches? I mean, they're kind of a Tack on to a mega. Some of them are good. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bash every every lab cache. I mean, Sydney, you th- you thought the lab caches were pretty good in, at the ASP, right? Right. Yeah, they were all. I mean, it's that's the thing is they can all be done so differently. It's really up to the committee on how they want to do it, and it's. I mean, they. It's something that they're trying out. I don't. I don't necessarily know if they're planning on having them. St- forever be just for mega events or if they want to make it a full out cash type and what does that mean um but i think it's it's fun to do them just because you can only get them when you go to events i mean i'm kind of like get as many cash as many of the cash types as i possibly can kind of person um so if i have the opportunity i'm gonna be at a mega event i'm gonna do them whether they're cool or whether they're not (laughs) so and that's something, Daryl. What do you thought? Uh, your thoughts on this is that, you know, something that all three of us do in different ways. But like when we went to Mo, we went to uh, Moga. Um, one thing that 
uh, what I, what Susan and I did, and we did it, you know, with Dan and his dad, was we planned ahead and we went for something that geocaching.com doesn't care about. But it's a stat. It's a stat on Project GC. City did it when she was in Colorado, which is a certain number of cache types in a day. And, you know, it's something that we saw it as a challenge. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of ways you can kind of do these different things. You know, um, that's something I think that we should we should encourage geocaching.com in my opinion to really get behind so daryl what are your thoughts and we're gonna get to after you want to go to jesse and talk a little bit about what he's doing and why he's in telluride as well well the big problem with uh, uh these kind of stats especially those very short uh, time period ones they really do exclude a lot of the cachers and that's why geocaching.com has decided they don't want to encourage it and that's why it's no longer a category on challenge caches. Now, I think if we did it as something like a badge system, yeah, then that wouldn't upset people like it does when it's a cache type. But even having its own icon as its own cache type that you could filter out, I think is going to help that a lot. But the bottom line is most of the geocachers are nowhere near as hardcore as anyone who's ever going to listen to this podcast. Oh, that's true. Go ahead, go ahead, Jesse. Well, that is true. And while the time restrictions may, uh, you know, leave some people out, I would say that that probably doesn't leave as many people out as lab caches do. That's only at megas. Not everybody can attend a mega. So you're going to have people left out all over the place. You know, I think, and I think just like FTFs, they, you know, they, you absolutely can't have a challenge for a first to find. I think the big thing is when you have such a large community um, and, and Daryl said it perfectly, most people are not as hardcore as the people that listen to podcasts and watch YouTube videos about geocaching and everything else. Not everybody can do everything. And I think when people get a little bit upset that they can't do a certain aspect of the game, they're missing the point. It's supposed to be fun. You know, there's certain types of caches that I'll probably never go get. And there's certain types of caches that probably everybody in this, you know, in this group, uh, just of us tonight, will never go get. And that's okay. You know, there's scubas, there's ladders, there's there's stuff that's in Russia. I'm probably not going to get to go to Russia. And we're going to exclude people on a lot of stuff, but I don't I don't think that's a that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. The fact that there's something out there that you may never be able to go do that just makes it more exciting, in my opinion. Right. Um... We lost Daryl for a moment, but we'll, we'll keep Uh-oh, going. We lost him for a moment. We'll keep going on the subject. He'll be back, I'm sure, in a moment. But um, so, do we see some of the innovations? Um, we don't really, we don't really have time tonight to talk about geo tours and all that. But um, do we see geocaching.com making any kind of difference or inroad as far as like say for megas? I know. Um, they encourage megas, but I mean, they're not really in, I mean, there's not really any megas out there that are, they don't even actually do megas, right? Not since no. the block party. Yeah. I, I thought they were gonna, I thought the word was that they were going to start doing something else after a block party, but I haven't heard any update on that. I, I mean, I know. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the mega 
in Washington, the the Ape Cash one, but they don't have a lot to do with that. I think that's a whole separate thing. Well, I think that's that's a misconception that a lot of people have that don't that have never been involved with Megas or anything else. That's not a geocaching.com thing. That's a geocacher thing. Yeah. So that's that's a group of geocachers that have spent months and months. Like we just went to Moga and we talked to Ryan. We've talked to a lot of people and you can see the stress on their face when they're putting this event together. Mm-hmm. They're geocachers. They're not, you know, professional event planners or anything like that. They don't work for geocaching. There's no, you know, there's no magic like check that comes from geocaching.com that goes, hey, here's your $10,000 put on this event. That's not coming from the top or whatever you call it, geocaching.com. That's, that's coming from the bottom up. Yeah. That's a geocacher led event, you know. Now they bestow the mega title on it, but it's it's really just an event that geocachers got together to do. You know, that's something too. It, it may not, and that may not be a bad thing, but I don't think people realize that. Um, you know, there's they have to they do their own budget. Many of the megas, mm-hmm. many of the megas, well, probably all of them, they lose money. They always, oh, yeah. they always end up at a loss. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think people realize the, the so that's my um, thing I want to mention to everyone is if you go to a mega, think about who's putting the mega on, go buy a coin from, or something. Don't just volunteer. Show volunteer. There you go. That's a great thing. Volunteer. Spend a little bit of money. Don't just spend it on where you're going, which is important, but spend a little money on the people that are putting that on. Um, buy, even if you don't use it, at least buy one of the packages. I mean, don't go for free. You know, spend spend 30 bucks. Even if you don't use all the little things you get, you know, give away the backpack or something. But I'm I'm always kind of amazed that people go to these events on as cheap as they possibly can without thinking about the fact that there's money involved. And if megas are, if we're going to get, because in my opinion, I'll get you y'all's opinion real quick, uh, which is there's not enough. There's not enough. We need more megas. I think in the U S it was funny hearing about when Sarah was on last week and her talking about all these, these megas she's planning on going to. And it's crazy that, Europe is like what one third the size of the US or maybe even smaller and they have mm. probably just as many megas as the US does like right. that's an insane concept to me. Yeah. Um so I mean it would be great if there were more megas but personally I find myself to trying still trying to decide which one do I want to which one can I make it to and sometimes there's some on the same weekend. Right. And I'm like so, I mean, I probably won't make it to either, but I have to decide, do I want to go to, you know, the, the ape mega or the going caching? I think they're on the same weekend this year. I don't No, They're, mm. they're not. Don't, don't quote me on it. I know someone's going to call me out on Twitter for that. So rewind. <laughs> I get the idea though. The fact that yeah. some of them do duplicate. Well, and that's, and that's gets into, uh, and we got Daryl back that the whole idea we're talking Daryl about megas and just, I think there should be more just because of to get the variety, but it's kind of tough though for the U S I mean, we were talking about, you know, are you going to West Bend this year? No, I'd love to go to West Bend, but I can't get the uh, time off of work to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So, you know, I'm, I'm going to do, of course, the uh, uh, Midwest Geobash because that's a day drive. I can just go down and I'm there. Mm-hmm. But the, the real thing with the mega events is it's about getting enough people to go to it to get that mega status. And it's right. not easy right. to get an event that can hold all of those people either. That's true. It does take a lot yeah. of work. You know, look how tough it is to get a giga event. And especially here, we have the geocaching population spread out enough that it's really going to take something major yep. to be able to pull enough cachers together to beat a giga. Yeah. I know that there's always talk each year uh, about trying to get a Woodstock a giga. I know there's talk this year about the one, uh, the Project Ape mm-hmm. uh, mega. But, um, you know... I, I, Getting to a giga, I don't know. I, I just, I'd like to see. Again, it kind of comes back to geocaching.com and the in, innovations we're hoping we can kind of see some different things, which leads me to the next topic because we're running out of time. But I want to get to this topic because I find it fascinating. And that is just geolocation games in general. Now, um, just to preface, all of us geocache. We're not, we love geocaching. We love it. I wrote two books on geocaching. Uh, Jesse and Sydney, I don't think Daryl, but Jesse and Sydney have um, stamped on their bodies a geocaching tattoo. Um, so don't get us wrong, and we're going to do a show, like I said, about can, the, can some of these games coexist, but there's things about geolocation games that are interesting. So Daryl, I want to start with you and then have everybody comment, but you have a geo gearhead show, which probably was smart that you can put geocaching in the name of it. So you can talk about the different games, but I found the games that you've talked about. You talk, and I want to get your update on Ingress too, because I have no idea how Ingress is going, but Ingress, Pokemon go, uh, Munzee, those are sort of the three to me. Yeah, Wallaby, uh, Wallaby, Eventsy. Yeah. There's several uh, out there, but of the three, the, the major ones. Where, what do you think? Um, what, what are, what's the state of geolocation games right now? Well, geolocation games are very hot right now, uh, and in in the summer months, things like Pokemon tend to pick up more because there's more. And school age kids who are looking for something to do, and so many of them have the smartphones at this mm-hmm. point. So it's, you know, they're out there playing. And we saw a drop off in uh, the Pokemon Go activity, partially because kids went back to school. Is it partially because of innovation in the game? It, well, what happened is kind of twofold. One, it was a new fad and it mm-hmm. kind of died off, but it still kept a lot of the audience. Mm -hmm. So you can't really uh, uh, factor that in. There were a lot of problems that kind of got people turned off to the game and the gameplay because they had server issues or game issues. Uh, There, you know, spoofing was a big problem. It still is, but not like it had been. And those are all factors that kind of get people to the point of, okay, I'm not sure I want to play it. Plus right about that same time, there were a number of people who at that point essentially beat the game. They had hit the level 40 which is the top level you could achieve. And they had gotten all of the uh, monsters. Right. Most of them didn't do it through Pretty legitimate sure. means. Right. Nefarious ways they got them. Yep. But at that point, you know, okay, we know what the game is about. And a large part of what made Pokemon go unique was there was no 
guide aside from the starter tutorial about here's what you need to do. Mm -hmm. You had to learn it. People had to discover it. Discover it, right. How to so do it was it, how to go to a gym and all that. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, what Pokemon work well. How do you tell which Pokemon's gonna work best against this other Pokemon? So that that was something they did that was really smart and frustrated the heck out of people. <laughs> but it forced it, people to go out and start learning about it, start experimenting. And they developed a big community because of that need to figure out what uh, the gameplay actually is and how to make everything work. Right. So before we get to the next one, I'm going to throw out the, 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 the first giveaway question. We have two, two giveaway questions. One is um, for tonight, um, and we'll get, into, uh, we'll get back into discussion of this for a moment, but the question is, and you have to do a little research, take a moment and look around on, on our website. You can find the question, but we're giving away five um, giveaways in this section, which is we're going to be giving away um, personalized swag cards. And these are provided by one of our sponsors, IB Geocaching. Uh, Peter Young wanted uh, reached out and said, I, I'll do this for people. And he's going to give away 15 different designs to each of the five winners. So that's pretty incredible. So definitely cool. So ibgeocaching.com. Go visit ibgeocaching.com. I don't have time to tell you about uh, everything about sponsors in this tonight because we're running out of time. But go visit our sponsors, please. Spend some money on our sponsors. They, they are willing to help us. You need to help us also by helping them. So the question is, on... Um, the podcast of hope, which was a fabulous thing. We're going to do it again this year around Christmas again, but we did the eight hour podcast of hope and Daryl was on that show on one of the hours. What did we talk about during that, that, uh, what was his topic that we covered during that show? And so mentioned in the chat room, uh, we are going to take the top five first, first five people that mention. And so if you're really good in the chat room and you think you might know, you might Somebody might know it. You might just jump in and grab it as well. So you never know. So we're taking five. Uh, so um, we're going to mention some more about uh, some of uh, other things with that here in a minute. But quickly, let's wrap up about geolocation games. Um, Daryl, do you still play Ingress? Yeah, every so often I'll open it up, but I don't actively play it anymore. Okay. Pokemon has kind of taken that place. And the reason I like those games, you know, Ingress, Pokemon, uh, Code Runner is another one that's kind of similar, but uh, not quite the same thing, uh, is you can play them without going to a new location every time. Okay. The problem with like geocaching, Munzee, uh, Wallaby, you can play kind of the same way you can do it uh, anywhere. But you have to go to those uh, locations, the Munzees and the uh, geocaching. Once you've done that, you're done. Mm -hmm. You don't go back there. Now you have to find something new. Yeah. So what do you do when you're like walking the dog just day to day, you know, sitting around at the, uh, the table at your mm -hmm. favorite lunch place, right. you know, you can play some of these other games. You can't do geocaching because right. you cleared those all out. Right. Unless you're a really active area and people are putting them right. out in the same area, but yeah. Well, and going back to where uh, geocaching is going, I think mm -hmm. this is going to be a real problem for geocaching 
in the uh, not so distant future is we have a lot of the caches now that stay. They're right. not getting the turnover. Right. So more and more I hear complaints about people who need to go you know, miles and miles out of their uh, normal way. You know, it's like half an hour. Cool. So yeah. I guess just to let people know we have our five that have won. So that's wonderful. Sydney, uh, <clears throat> did you want to mention the five? Um, sure, I can mention. Okay, because we're going to have to get to Peter. Um, those five people, go ahead. Right. So the answer was, Daryl, do you want to give the answer? What should you talk about? Did we actually talk about something? I don't know. <laughs> During Probably the podcast not. of hope, I was it's all a blur to me. I did all I did every What hour, were you supposed so. to talk about anyways? We did. Well, well, we, had, we were supposed to talk about uh uh gadgets, of course. We did. Best holiday right. gadgets. That was a fun show. Go, go, right. go back so, people go back and listen to that. I have the five winners. They okay. are uh I believe so obviously everyone's in the chat. Duh. Yeah. Um it's okay. uh, the winners are uh Butterfly Girl, uh Yay. Limax, um Peter Stepanek, am I saying yep, that right? Stepanek, one of our one of our spa, uh, patrons. Yep. Um, the other one was Plant O Seven. Okay. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Um, and then the Deadliest Cashers was the last. Awesome. One. Okay. So to wrap that giveaway up, I need all five of you folks to email me your mailing address because i'm going to give all that information to peter peter's going to send you the packs of specialized uh swag cards to each of you so thank you so much um so that was uh, appreciate everybody being involved in uh in that with ib geocaching so um okay we're wrapping up so um i'm gonna give daryl a couple minutes here at the end to, to talk about uh, his show is on and also a special thing that he's doing, but, uh, from, uh, the rest of, we could do this for, we could go on for two or three hours, I think talking all this stuff. So <laughs> I've tried to manage it down cause I know for people's time. Uh, but, uh, Jesse, what are some of your closing thoughts on the show and things? Miscellaneous. Uh, it's been fun. Obviously the show's picked up, you know, after the first 36, I don't know. Something happened around that time. Hmm. Some mystery show happened. I don't know. I'll have to go back and look. No, it's, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, no it, it's been a fun experience. And uh, I think the good thing is we're, we're all interested in the game. And that's a niche podcast based on that. Mm-hmm. And that's what's been fun for us. And getting to meet people that we've met through the chat rooms and through the show. And a newer experience for me, you know, to do that at some of the megas. And it, it'll be neat to see where we are a year from now to see what's going on. Hopefully we'll be talking about all kinds of new stuff and yeah. um, oh, definitely. new adventures and things like that. But, uh, you know, no matter what happens within geocaching, it's not going away. Whether there's new stuff or we're, you know, we're finding personally new ways to do it. I think there'll still be that core group of hardcore people that are interested mm-hmm. in every scrap of information. And hopefully we'll be around another year from now to, to talk about that that same information. Absolutely. Wonderful. And Sydney. Yeah. So I I agree with pretty much everything Jesse says. Um, It's been great being on the podcast. I know even before I was on here, it's just been so great to not necessarily meet people, but get to virtually meet all Mm -hmm. these people. Uh, The great geocachers we know that are in the chat room and then they send emails to podcasts and stuff like that. So that's, I mean, that's how I met 
all of you guys mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just by you know talking on other podcasts and then me and jesse and gary all got to meet at woodstock last year and so it's that's i think the best part about the podcast is you really get to talk to all these cool people from all over the world or and then you know may, you might get to meet them at a big event or something like that so that's just something i've really enjoyed so far so I'm going to mention the audio geocoin question because we wanted to give something away to the audio listeners because um, that is something that, um, you know, it's fun to do it live, but we want to give something to the folks that um, also listen to the show on a weekly basis uh, in their mm-hmm. car or wherever they are. So here's the question for you guys. And the question uh, again, need to email geocachetalk at gmail.com before Sunday Sunday midnight because I'm going to cut it off at that point. But you need to go back and listen to show one uh, and tell me how many show ones Daryl's been on. And you have to count this show because at the time we only talked about the other shows he'd been on. But count this one and add the ones that he had mentioned before and send me the answer to that question and I we will pick uh, someone uh, from the um, from the entries so Daryl we're gonna finish up tonight uh, talking about geo gearheads and also talk about um, the fundraiser you're involved in all right and geo gearheads is uh, still going uh, we're over our uh, fifth year we're in our sixth year incredible yeah uh, it you know we did this that that show uh, is kind of, I think, the model for uh, what you were doing as far as the uh, tech side of it. We wanted the live show in part because it makes it easier, and we get the uh, live interaction. Right. And at that point, the uh, uh, Google Hangouts were fairly new, and Hangouts on Air were hadn't even come out yet. So we mm. couldn't even. You know, when we started it, we were just talking to each other, like maybe someone could hear us live. Right. It wasn't until I want to say halfway through that first year that they actually opened up the uh, hangout on airs. Mm-hmm. And since then it's been a lot of fun and we've been uh, you know, having those pains with the uh, Google products as they kind of come and go, but uh, <laughs> we're having a lot of uh, fun doing those shows. A lot of great stuff uh, still planned. And uh, you know how tough it is Gary to do planning on uh, your guests and scheduling and everything else. So I've got a lot of stuff that I want to do that I'm still working on uh, getting some guests uh, together to do them. Right. They may never happen. Like I've got uh, uh, one of the uh, Android apps that the developer lives not far from here. Right. It's just a matter of, you know, let's get connected and let's do it. And it's, Oh yeah, no, no can't do it now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would try to get Doug McCray on your show. That's, that's tough. Oh, too, he's to try he's get coming on. up in a couple of weeks. Actually. Good. Oh, good. Yeah. You got him, you got him lined up. So that's yeah, good. We've got him lined up. Uh, actually, maybe more than a couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. I've, I've got a show scheduled that's in uh, September already. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, work <laughs> live <laughs> scheduling like that at you know a given time is very, very tough. Oh, what's what you got to do to keep the, keep the show fresh and moving forward. By the way, uh, Katie emailed us geocaching Katie and she's going to be on July 2nd. So there you go. There's another schedule scheduling as we go. It's incredible. So, um, that's awesome. Yeah. And then you're involved in something uh, because we talked about podcast to hope. I really appreciate you being on podcast to hope last year, but you're doing something, another, you're doing a fundraiser now, right? 
Yeah, I've, I, this is the second time I've done it. The first time uh, I really didn't get involved in it as much as I did this year. It's uh, the Great Cycling Challenge, which is a fundraiser for the Children's Cancer Research Fund. So I'm sure, Gary, you'll put the link in there yep. uh, to the show notes. But it's a really cool uh, June challenge for anyone who wants to do it. So I highly encourage people to get involved. And next year, after talking with uh, Dano of Team Pugach, I think we're going to actually put together a GeoGearheads team. Oh, cool. So do this. we could all be on that team if we so, wanted to. Uh, yeah, everyone can join the team. Everyone can go and get the uh, uh, people to sign up. But it's it's done almost entirely online. I think it's only uh, U.S. and Australia, though, which is kind of sucky. Hmm. Okay. But, you know, the, these uh, organizations do have legal borders and stuff they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So we'll give them that. Yep. But it's it's a great uh, concept in that you don't have to do your ride on the same day as everyone else. It's a month long. Just you pledge to do X number of miles. In my case, I'm doing uh, 62 miles. Okay. So uh, as long as I get 62 miles in the uh, month of June, I've met my challenge. And I'm excited because I haven't been on the bike much for the last couple of years. So how'd you come up with 62? Just a nice round number. I, I, I mistakenly did two miles a day planning oh. on 31 days and then realized, wait a minute, this is June, <laughs> not May. Right. Because oh. I figured I can easily do t- uh, an average of two miles a day. Right. Unfortunately, I've only gotten uh, out for half the days in June so far. So I'm at uh, 7.1 miles. So you got a little and ways to go. Are short. Yeah, but those are my shorter rides because i've been trying to get the bike back in order right so yesterday was out of commission while i was in the uh, shop i just got tired you know i'm I'm sick of trying to fix this rear wheel i'll take it in let them do it they've got the uh uh, tools and the experience that i don't (laughs) including having the stock on the shelf that i don't have to run to the store every time i need a part well yeah so um that's a wonderful thing that you're doing um we want everybody to get involved. It's um, the website is greatcyclechallenge.com is the website um, to get involved to help Daryl. Uh, you would put a uh, slash riders slash Daryl W four, and that's the part of the the link there. And the links in the show notes, but uh, greatcyclechallenge.com slash riders slash Daryl W four to sponsor Daryl. So. Well, uh, coming up on the show, uh, next week we are on our show talking about um, the book, The 201 Geocaches Do Find Before You Die. There it is. And we're going to talk about the Lower Wilson Lower Wilson discussion because it's that part is really, I think, fascinating. Uh, it's on Project GC. We're going to talk about that. And then, yeah, I'm going to be on Geo Gearheads with Daryl uh, the next week. And we're going to talk about uh, lists. And that'll be fun talk. But uh, uh, on June 18th, on show 54, we're going to have Joshua, geocaching vlogger, is going to be on with us talking about geocaching in Munzee. We didn't really get to talk much about Munzee tonight, which worked fine because we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. And the discussion will be, can these coexist? And then the week after that, we're going to have on, we love to have international shows. And I know, Daryl, you do some once in a while, but we're, we're, uh, we're, we're committed to doing international shows when, when possible. And we're going to have back on the show, Craig Michelle, a.k.a. C. Michelle from Australia. 
and he's going to update us on some of the things he's been doing uh, in his country and his geocaching that he's been doing down there. He's going to be on uh, uh, June 25th. So, well, um, that is going to do it for tonight. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. Please email us your comments at geocachetalk at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at geocachetalk. Uh, I'm at Gary Slinkard. Jesse's is at Memphis underscore Mafia. And Sydney is at Shermanator GC. And Facebook at facebook.com slash geocachetalk. Show can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, as well as the Geocache Talk website, if I can keep talking. Don't forget to <laughs> click on that subscribe button below so that you can see and hear and get reminded about the show on a weekly basis. And until next week, don't just talk about geocaching. Go listen to the previous 51 shows and go geocaching. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Good night.